Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our update for the week ending 25th of August 2023. Not many words in our post this week, but quite a few charts and the odd infographic. The reason for that is Michael's been burrowing away in the reams of reports we see being added to each week around the heat pump industry and surfaced with a few graphics that tell the story of what's going on. So what's the heat pump story, Morning Glory? Well, the heat pump story is quite a simple one. We need to actually install a heat pump in virtually every domestic property in the UK. And when we look across Europe, we are lagging badly in terms of annual installation rates compared to other countries. And we put up a series of charts that show the comparisons between ourselves and European countries, and also us and France, for example, that are hitting fairly significant numbers of installation. Now, this tells us this is possible. And it also tells us this is possible with existing properties, not just new ones. And we end our little post with a bright piece of news which captures the levels of investment by heat pump manufacturers in increasing their output in the UK. Not perhaps to the levels of installation we'd like to see, but if we see that level of investment, it means they see this as an active market and one worth delivering to and stoking up. And we therefore see investments coming into Kenza, Ideal, and also there's a major European player who was also investing and therefore can supply into the UK market. I think the investments in the UK only take us to a capacity of possibly 100,000 heat pumps per annum. But I saw that as positive. So we're still going to import quite a few, right? Yes. If demand hits our projected targets of 600,000. And of course, every year we slip on that target, both for new build and retrofit, that target goes up. Now, one of the most interesting points for me in one of the charts that you put up there is something we also heard from Martin Baxter of IEMA recently when we talked to him for the City and Guilds podcast. And Martin said that if indeed we are moving towards a warmer world, then heat pumps are useful for space cooling as well as space heating. They are, because in effect, they are actually air conditioning units but doing the reverse, taking heat out of a room and pumping it outside. And therefore, you can actually switch them over. Not all heat pumps have that facility to become air conditioning units. But you're right. And if people are going to install heat pumps that aren't switchable to do cooling and therefore putting in air conditioning units as well, that will consume greater volumes of electricity. It means we have to possibly go into more passive forms of air cooling and that can be through creating drafts and also screening of windows. And you see that across Southern Europe, you look at most windows, they have some form of shielding. Yeah, I remember from my time in the States, the big electricity bills come in in the summer, don't they, rather than the winter when you're down in Texas and places like that through the exactly. air conditioning. Well, I've been doing a little sweep of the heat pump news this week, and I found a couple of interesting things. First of all, Ambrose Evans Pritchard reported in an economics op-ed in The Telegraph that new technology heat pumps coming out of Europe based on helium rather than refrigerants could be the future. That's an interesting one. 
Well, the new scientist picked up on a pilot project we've commented on previously, which links networked ground source heat pumps and over 100 boreholes that get this together make up double the height of Kilimanjaro. Don't know how they worked that one out. To heat around 100 homes belonging to some of the good burgers of Stythians in Cornwall. So is there no end to our heat pump excitement? Well, I think what you're highlighting is once the momentum builds and capital gets invested, innovation follows. So people would be looking for more creative ways. And also the efficiency of a core heat pump starts to improve. And therefore, people looking at refinements. The other part that will actually drive innovation here is people becoming more stringent about how much they're willing to pay. And therefore, costs will have to tumble. And I think also people will be looking for how this can actually be retrofitted more easily into existing properties and therefore reducing the, the cost and the, the friction to move towards heat pumps in an existing property. So these are good signs. And a reminder that you can find this week's post with all that heat pumpy goodness on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. And we're still working on Spotify. Now, we saw this week that the BBC and others have reported that a cargo ship fitted with wind wings has just made its maiden voyage. Wind wings do pretty much what they say on the tin, being deployable vertical wings that sit on top of a ship. The technology behind them was developed by a company just around the corner from us here in Portsmouth, Bar Technologies, which spun out from Ben Ainsley's Admiral's Cup team when it was based down here. Now, the Green Edge posted on Bartek all the way back in February 2022. And at that time, we visited John Cooper, the company's CEO, who told us about the wind wing work and the retrofitting of the vessel, which has now just set sail. Well, the technology is obviously up and running, and John is pretty bullish about it in the BBC article, predicting that by 2025... 50% of new build ships will be ordered with wind propulsion and telling us that four wings on a vessel saves as much as six tonnes of fuel per day. But something the BBC didn't seem to pick up on was another thing John told us, and that is that an integral part of the wind wing system is Bartek's route optimization software, which makes sense really when you think that the wings need to catch the wind in the best way throughout what could be very long trips. Another good example in our book of how the digital world is bound tightly to the green one, Michael. It is. And I think what's really encouraging here is the uh, we've got this crossover of technologies coming from Formula One, from high-tech yachting, and then being applied through digital technologies into very traditional industries and creating a, a potentially a significant green maritime sector. And I think in the UK, we have lovely innovative businesses like Bartek who actually are going to be at the forefront of this. And there are quite a number of those sort of businesses that don't get the coverage until Cargill come along and give their thumbs up and apply it to one of their boats. There are a lot of vessels. If you just take the channel on an average day, there are 200 ferries crossing the channel, but there are 800 freight boats going up and down the channel. So that gives a scale in our little bit of the watered world in the south of England, Just view that across the world and the impact that could have in terms of tons of oil that could be saved. Yes, especially if each one of those ships is saving six tons of fuel per day. Now, we saw Bard doing some other really interesting things when we visited them last year. 
including a kind of high-tech Polynesian canoe for crew transfers to offshore wind turbines and a fast subsea vessel for getting divers out into high-threat environments. We'll have to get back to them to see how they're getting on with those projects too. And finally, Michael, we're almost at the end of August and you're pulling your reports roundup together, which we'll actually post on Monday, the 4th of September, so as not to clash with our weekly podcast, which goes out next Friday, the 1st. And you were saying you've just seen an interesting report on low carbon energy investment. That's right. It was a piece of work done by Oxford Economics for Energy UK, and it shows the UK is lagging in terms of speed per capita expenditure in relation to these things. And I'm not comparing us to very large economies like China and India here. But if you start looking at right or com- real comparable European ones, be it in Spain, Germany and Italy are way ahead in terms of growth rate. And in terms of per capita, we are half the levels of Germany. So these are quite worrying trends. And the questions that go through my mind are, you can lag for a year, perhaps, but can you catch up? And what is the cost of that catch-up? Does it become more expensive for doing so? The counter to some of this concern is if you look what's happened in the States post the IRA Act going into place, the speed and impact that has had on the level of investment in renewables and related areas in the States has been absolutely enormous. It has been seen as one of the most impactful economic policies ever enacted in the United States history. So will that get the press? Will that get the coverage? I doubt it. It'll be drowned out by taking presidents to court. But it's actually such a critical thing, and there's so much to learn from it. Thank you, Michael. We all love a courtroom drama over something that's truly important, don't we? Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights. 